I gotta go to Mac. I promised Jeremy I'd take him to the park. Uh, Richie. I know this is your life, but being a father isn't a part-time job. It's a lifetime commitment. I know, but Mac, every man's gotta face that. Yeah, but you're not every man, Richie. You're any more. What happens when she gets old and you don't? Or when the kid's as old as you are? What are you gonna tell them? I don't know. What I do know is they need me. Is this about their needs or yours? Too short, you're too slow, and you're too damn ugly to guard the king. Welcome to Highlander Rewatchers. <laughs> I'm one of your rewatchers, Keith. This is Kyle. Amen. And this is the podcast where each and every week we discuss another facet of the Highlander universe in detail. And we are in season three, episode two, in the line of fire. How's it going, guys? It's good. It's it's great. You know, you don't get good basketball trash talk like that anymore. <laughs> uh, so we just came off a really fun episode, fun, serious uh, episode, which <laughs> Super was serial. The Samurai, one of the best episodes of the season, as far as I'm concerned. This week, we are talking about episode two. In yeah, after line. episode one, we're talking about episode two. Very good. Oh, and we should also mention, I feel like uh, I, I forget to mention this a lot. If you're looking for a place to watch Highlander, it's available on Hulu. And it's available for free on YouTube. So if you're looking for watching all these to watch all these episodes, check out those sources. Or yeah. rewatching them, as the yeah. case may be. Uh, mm-hmm. And we usually always post uh, the episode we're going to talk about every Monday on our Facebook page. Yeah, uh, yeah. And obviously we're going in sequential order, so it's not like we're bouncing around. So is it time to hop into this episode? You yes. know it. In the Line of Fire uh, was first aired October 3rd, 1994. That's what day a- was that, Keith? Oh, it's a Monday for all oh, you listeners that couldn't wait to hear... What day could this episode Solomon be? Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. Yep. <laughs> so they changed it from Tuesdays Tuesday to Mondays. To Monday. We'll never know why. Yeah. The world I, I may know. never know. <laughs> anyway, this was directed by Clay Barris. Oh, Six, Six Day, Day Clay. Clay. He's back. Um, so we recently saw him uh, last season. He did Bless the Child. Oh, or, Bless this Child. Bless this Great. Child. Bless this Child. Uh, and under- I don't do diapers, man. Uh, and Not under- for breakfast, man. Uh, under Not color of authority as well. Oh, yep. Great, Great uh, one. Yeah, and uh, sadly, this is his last Highlander episode. Oh. Yeah, so adios. He, go- he goes out on a very high note, in my opinion, but... Highlander note. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, word association. We're great. <laughs> Play along at home. Yeah. Any words you're thinking of right now? <laughs> Any words you're thinking <laughs> of. Got the best words. The writer of this episode was David Tynan, uh, one of the crucial voices of Highlander. Uh, last time we saw him, he did the story to Counterfeit. I believe he did the story for both episodes and wrote the script to Counterfeit Part 2, which was the finale of Season mm-hmm. 2. This episode guest stars Randall Tex Cobb. We all know him. He's pretty famous. Uh, he started as a boxer. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a kickboxer, actually, and then became a proper boxer because he wanted to make more money. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> his first big like movie role was in The Champ. With John Voight, uh, like the oh. remake of that movie in what seventy hmm. nine, maybe. What's what's who's the name of the kid in that movie? I don't know. Ah man, he went on. To, he was on like NYPD Blue when he was older. Oh, that's, um, that's Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz, yeah. <laughs> Dennis Franz, baby Dennis Franz. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, very good. But he's uh, from Philly, uh, and he actually still lives in Philly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he actually uh, got his master's degree uh, from Temple a couple years ago. Mm. Go Owls, man. Yeah, man. My friend Jeffro is friends with Randall Tex. How how is that? How is he friends? Is no, like, like real life friends. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Maybe his biggest role is raising Arizona. It's certainly his best role yeah he plays like the biker from hell yeah uh, in raising arizona not unlike in this episode yeah Yeah. in that movie he's like really amazing like the coen brothers really know how to use him in that movie uh and he's very ominous and that movie's amazing if you haven't seen it yeah great movie i always forget that's the coen brothers too yeah yeah. And that Nick Cage can act. Yep. Oh, he's fantastic. He's so good in Everyone's that Everyone's good yeah. in that movie. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, also, guest starring in this is Chandra West as Donna. She was in both Universal Soldier sequels. Ooh. Oh, good. Uh, plus a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, this episode also guest stars Michelle Thrush as Little Deer. She's back. We saw her play the same character in the pilot episode. Uh, I don't think she even has any lines. No, nope. she's just dead. She's just dead, and <laughs> Duncan is crying over her body, and Connor comforts him. Uh, and then... But then she comes back again and plays... Uh, what's her name? Uh, false mother. False, yeah, false mother, mother in, in Bless, Bless This, this Child. child. Yeah. Uh, she plays the bear. Yeah. <laughs> so she's back again. Yeah, Damn. amazing. Yeah. So it's time for the IMDb description. Uh-oh. Here we go. Sock it to me. An old girlfriend of Richie's reappears. Claiming he is the father of her son. Meanwhile, evil immortal biker Kern, who killed Duncan's Native American family centuries ago, arrives into town to challenge Duncan. Wow. That was actually pretty okay. That That might be the least ridiculous IMDb description we have ever read. Yeah. All the plot points were there. In order, in a using terms that make sense, all the correct like <laughs> verbs to describe accurate. who's doing yeah. the action. There's no false Tessa or like a weird. They didn't make up scope <laughs> like a weird alternate plot, which happens frequently, <laughs> like just a made up plot. <laughs> I gotta say, it's a lot less fun when it's sane. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. The opening of this episode makes up for it. So what is the opening to this episode, guys? Richie and his friend are named Jamal. Jamal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, are playing basketball like on a train track and yeah. just smack talking each other. Constant yep. smack talking. Like literally they can't dribble without having like a sick burn going with it, bro. Bring it over this way. Yeah, that's right. I'm waiting for you, chump. Stuff like that. <laughs> Don't mess with the king. Where's the net? Come on, fool. Where's the net? <laughs> Where's the net? There's yeah. no net. Anywhere they, they and there's to it yeah, at some point. Like when they shut away, and like there is no net where they are, and there is no logical net place for that net to be. They it literally looks like they are on train tracks, <laughs> yeah. like by the water. Yeah, it yeah. Is so where they are is so confusing. Yeah, if they drop that ball, it's going in the <laughs> yeah. river. Sea Cooper is literally all along the river, like everywhere. It's just like <laughs> it's all, an island. <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, it could be. I, don't I mean, know. That, maybe that's why it's called Sea Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, but it always seems to be a river. So it's like really like River Coover. Yeah. River Coover. Or maybe River it's like the Coover. Puget Sound. It's like a. <laughs> uh, so while they're playing, a uh, woman stands off to the side and she kind of interrupts this game. She's like, Donna? Donna? Darius. Ghost. So I guess she's an old girlfriend. Have you seen her before? No. No. I thought she was the woman from. Yeah, I did too. I forget her name, but. This is another one of those. Another ex Richie girlfriend. Right. 
Because we had that problem with another episode where it was an ex-girlfriend. It's like, I... Are we sure about this? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But I feel like last time there was an ex-girlfriend, we're like, oh, shouldn't that be the same ex-girlfriend? It would have made more sense. Yep. And it wasn't. And this is the same problem. It's like, this could have been either of the two girlfriends from before. Although the one other girlfriend from before had a kid, didn't she? Yeah, but then there was the other other girlfriend. The one... (laughs) Worked in the the pantry. The the one in the drug deal episode. Yes. It's Richie a drugs gets deal. around. Yeah. <laughs> it's a drugs deal. Uh, so anyway, she disappeared uh, a while ago and came to Philly. Yeah. I don't know why she'd go back to Seacouver because Philly rocks. Well, now that we know that there's this other Philly connection, yeah, <laughs> right? maybe that's why she came to Philly. Donna comes out and he's like, oh, it's been two years. And then like, she's like, I met like a guy or something. She's like, like I, somebody I want you to meet, like he's a real hunk or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, cool. Like, I- I'd like to meet, like, your new boyfriend. And he's like, well, he's right here. And then, like, out of she like, nowhere. She, like, shows him from behind. This <laughs> child is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I was like, where'd that kid come from? <laughs> yeah. How'd you not see her? <laughs> well, like, why would you come out and, like, leave your child unattended, like, in this weird dock area? Yeah. Here, <laughs> baby, sit behind this dumpster for a yeah. minute. So I can surprise the schlub. So his name's Jeremy, and I guess Richie thinks this is... Named after Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and I guess Richie thinks this is Joey's kid, which I guess was her boyfriend or whatever. Bum, bum, bum. It's not Joey's. It's Richie's? Yep. What? So this is Highlander Mari edition. Yeah. Richie, you are the, the father. father. <laughs> that explains the dance he does. Yeah. <laughs> So now we go back to the dojo, and there is the craziest musical intro. This Mm -hmm. is like shitty sitcom music. Like this establishing shot, it's just an establishing shot. We've never, we've never heard this music before. We never hear it again. The drums. So let's play this like crazy music. It's so good. Oh, and then it like, yeah. bro, and then Family we're just in the dojo, filled in front of a live studio <laughs> audience. Uh, and I guess actually the basketball scene kind of has similar. Like, there's a lot of hip hoppy stuff in this episode uh, hmm. and Dutch angles. And I have a note later. I was like, the first half of this episode, I feel like they're like, let's make a Spike Lee movie with like extreme angles and like kind of hip hop music, but it'll be Highlander. I don't know. That's my guess. So, Charlie is lifting some weights, and Max, like, jumping rope like a boss. And Richie rushes in. Uh, he's late for training. Uh, and he's like, oh, you remember remember Donna? And Max he's, is like, you got to tell me your secret of, of staying in shape without working out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's back in town, and she brought my son. And Charlie overhears this, and he's like... Charlie is such a bro. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, congratulations. He's so supportive. He's so nice. And Mac is just kind of a douche about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, it's, it's a great line. He's like, Mac is like pretty nonplussed about this whole thing. And Charlie's like, isn't this great, McLeod? And Mac's like, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. It's just really <laughs> that is good. Yeah. He actually meant to say, you're unbelievable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do, 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 do. Then we cut up to the loft and Mac and Richie are talking about this whole situation. Uh, and Mac is explaining that this is like impossible because immortals can't have babies. But Richie brings up this point that it was before yeah. I was immortal. And he says it doesn't work that way. So this, I think we had this question before of like, if an immortal gets busy before his or her, their first death, can they have kids? And I guess the answer is no. No, I guess so. But Richie's hanging on to hope. He's like, maybe this is the first time. Yeah. And the entire time, Kyle, this reminded me, uh, you you told me about a a class you had in college where you had to do an everyday thing and try to make it look like you weren't acting. Yeah. Basic object exercise. Yeah. Stan Kirsch. 
is polishing an apple. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what do I do with my hands? I guess I'll polish an apple. Also, I was wondering, has anyone in human history ever polished an apple on their shirt? Like, this is something I feel like you only ever see in TV and movies. Like, yeah, it's like polishing an apple, <laughs> eating Chinese food directly out of a carton. Yeah, like, so you know they're eating Chinese food. food. Yeah, uh, that's what's going on here because Richie is like polishing the skin off of this apple. It's polishing <laughs> it so much, and it's a bullshit red delicious apple too, <laughs> yeah. defeating the the notion that they're in Washington oh. <laughs> because Washingtonians fucking hate red delicious apples. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They've got a lot of Apple pride. Apple pride. Pride. Up there. They like Steve Jobs up there. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's right. White apples. Mac. So we cut to Donna's place, question mark. Or is it Richie's place? It is Richie's place. We come to find out Richie's got a pretty okay pad for a guy who doesn't work, I guess. Swinging bachelor pad. Yeah, where does Richie get his money? I guess from Mac. Mac. He just leases off him. What a loser. Good job. Richie certainly has no marketable skills. No. Well, he was a car salesman. (laughs) Yeah. Kidnapped car salesman. Yeah, he's a kidnapped car salesman. He used to, I mean, maybe he's still a burglar. I mean, he could get a a pretty good job as a punching bag, I think. Yeah, he's great at that. Yeah. He just climbs into a punching bag at the dojo and gets pummeled for hours a day. Uh, he like helps people train like that feeling under their knuckles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of like punching bones. Yeah, punching only... this punching bag is really satisfying for some reason. Uh, so yeah, we've only ever seen Richie's bathroom before, which has a bunch of single ads on it. Right? That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so this is the rest of his uh, place. It's got also a poster of Shay on the wall, which is amazing. Hmm. I didn't see the drum set. Maybe he's given up the drums. You know, it's just not for him. This is another pipe dream for Richie. Pipe man begins. So uh, Donna, they're talking about Donna was like afraid to mention this to Richie because she was afraid she wouldn't like accept them or something. Right. Well, I guess she thought like Richie was young and a kid and this was, you know, he wasn't going to want this. Also, it gets revealed. Richie's like, we only did it like once. And I was like, oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. And all I could think of was like, Richie, man, like no condoms. You're not even in a relationship, bro. Like, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Suit up. <laughs> yeah, suit up. Yeah. Well, his nickname's Raw Dog Ryan. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. yeah, Richie Raw Dog Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> the, the triple R. <laughs> God damn it, guys. <laughs> I want a T-shirt that says Richie Raw Dog Ryan on it. I I could I could literally imagine a scene where Richie had is a conversation fucking without a condom. <laughs> yeah, you can literally imagine. I'm imagining that. it right now, guys. I can imagine a scene where Richie brings up the fact that, like, well, I was a virgin, so I couldn't. She couldn't get pregnant because she was a virgin. <laughs> and then Mac had to explain, like, sex ed to him. Richie, so that's not the way it works. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so we're outside uh, of a bar, and there's more, like, hip-hoppy music yeah. and crazy Dutch angle. And some dude is getting thrown out of this bar. Yep. Well, there's so much crazy This shit. is crazy. <laughs> this uh, is insane. So this is the first of many times I have a note of... Do I hate this or love it? Yeah. And then, yeah, and yeah. then 45 seconds th- later, I go, I love it. <laughs> so like Each some, time, I'm yeah. always like, this is kind of some hot bullshit. And then I'm like, no, it's amazing. So it's like, it's like it looks like it's the middle of the day. Yes. Oh, yeah. This some is... guy's getting thrown out of this motorcycle bar. By this, like, enormous guy who I can't tell if he, all of his dialogue is ADR. It, it is, is. And it's awful. awful. It's yeah. so By awful, crazy. you mean amazing. Yeah. But also... 
I think we've seen this guy before. He's not in the credits, and I think he was ADR'd last time. I am 90% sure. I think this guy is, uh, remember the uh, laser surveillance uh, guys? Oh, the watchers? yeah. I think this is one of those guys. Ah. He's back. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, Highlander? Who knows? But his ADR, I mean, should we listen to like the very first bit of when he yes. speaks? Yes, please. <laughs> so, please, please. so comical. And we'll, we'll have to post this clip online because it coming out of this guy's mouth, it, like, no way this voice matches this guy. <laughs> nope. And don't come back. <laughs> and don't come back. <laughs> He's about to go, take off. We're closed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the line that got me. I was like, what? Oh, wait, he does say more? Yeah. Like later. Well, oh, he's yeah. about to address the villain, Kern, yeah. and say, take off. We're closed. He goes, Kern goes, too bad. I'm real thirsty. Yeah. So, so like, it's raining outside when this bouncer throws this guy out. And then Kern, Tex Cobb, just steps up to, he's outside of the bar. It's pouring rain. He sees the bouncer and he's like, I could sure use a beer. And I'm like, yeah, when I go to the bar, I like talk to the bouncer and make my order before I go in. <laughs> yeah, <you're> like, what? <laughs> you got anything hoppy? Yeah. It's like you're asking the wrong guy. Walk into the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's also raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or no, he says, he says, I'd like a beer, please. That's what he says, which is even crazier than what I said. It's like, I'm not going to deliver it to you outside, yeah. sir. <laughs> okay, coming right up. So. I'm murky. I'm trying to remember how this plays out. Like, do they kick him out of the bar for any reason, or does he just come in and start making trouble? No, he just he he. They oh, say you, you, how, you forget this. No, yeah. I, I remember that <laughs> he starts a bunch of shit, but I can't remember. Is there a problem before he no. starts? He the goes. Shit. He wants the beer, and right. he goes, "Take off. We're closed." And yeah. then there's the "I'm real thirsty." Right. Yep. Then this guy, who we find out his name is Animal, mm-hmm. the bouncer. Oh, right. oh, so they're Animal. closed. And that's the problem. They're closed. At which point? Why? Huh? Why are they closed? Uh, who knows? What's <laughs> yeah. the middle of the day? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's like 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, oh, I guess maybe that guy and was there all night. And he, yeah. like, they're throwing out some guy who like fell asleep on the bar. All right, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. And then Tex Cobb drives his motorcycle <laughs> through, through the, the window yeah. of the bar. And it just proceeds to beat the shit out of Adam. Yeah. Well, he gets a baseball bat. Yeah. He breaks a baseball bat in half yeah. with his bare hands. Then he slides Animal down the bar like a cartoon character. Yeah, Animal who also knows karate. Yeah, yeah. Animal knows he goes into full He's, kung fu bouncer mode. Yeah, like, like like every bouncer in this show. Everyone in Seacouver knows karate. Yeah. yeah. Like no one just tries to punch. Like they nope. all want to go for like a spin kick. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty like this part is cool. Everything like, about this is amazing. Yeah. And like I wasn't sure when it was happening, but as soon as Animal like he rides Animal's face down the bar. Yeah. Slams his face into the cash register, steals all the money from the cash yeah. register, and then, then smashes like the head of a beer on the, the a bar. Bottle. No, it's a beer. Yeah, it's a beer oh, bottle. it is. Because yeah. he wanted a beer, oh, please. Right. I guess so. Smashes <laughs> the beer, end of the please. beer on the bar and like drinks like Gatorade yeah. style this beer from like the smashed jagged edge of this <laughs> bottle. And I was just like, this is fucking great. Like, this is this is also documentary footage. This wasn't part of the original script. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, this is bonkers. Yeah, like, one of the problems that we sometimes encounter on this show is, like, these cartoonishly evil, over-the-top villains. 
if you're gonna fucking do it, it has to be like this. Yeah. Because it's just like so like indulgent. You really just like revel in like the absurdity of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times like you have these like weird cackling psychopath villains, but then it's just like they don't do anything fun with it. Like, yeah, they just is, make speeches or whatever. Yeah, like, about how evil they are. Yeah. Like this is fun. <laughs> like yeah. this guy's like Kurgan level fun, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He well, gets really nutso later, too. Yeah. When he rams Animal's head into the register, which is facing the wrong way on the bar. Yeah, in case like, like, your customers need to get yeah. on it. <laughs> like, the drawer, like, pops out, like Keith said, like a cartoon. Like, yeah, the yeah. drawer pops out, and that's how he takes the money out. I was just like, are you? It even dings when he hits it. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, like, this is both really stupid and amazing <laughs> at the same uh, time. I think it's amazing because of just, like, they just leaned into it and yep. did it a thousand percent. And they're just like, let this be awesome. And that's why, like, you have this moment of, like, is this stupid or awesome? And, like, when it all comes together, it's just awesome. Yep. Right. Yep. This is just our introduction to Randall Tex Cobb's mm -hmm. character of Kern. Kern. Uh, so then we cut back Randall to... Randall Ty Cobb. I heard people didn't want to pose for him with, <laughs> with him in the first Hall of Fame. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> baseball jokes. We sometimes play with the format. Uh, I like that. And so it's then, appropriate because there's a baseball bet in this scene. That's true. Mm. Topical. Layers. Uh, so then we cut back to Richie's apartment, and Mac is at the door dressed as a Gap model. Uh, <laughs> hey, fall into the Gap. Yeah. Uh, so he comes in. He meets the baby. He's talking mm -hmm. to, uh, what's her name, Donna. Mm -hmm. uh, and at this point, I a question so let's say donna is like for real about thinking that richie is the father of this baby because mm -hmm. at some point we find out richie is not spoiler alert not the father you are not the father richie mm -hmm. ryan but at this point we're not sure if she legitimately like is she trying to trick richie turns out she was but she could have legitimately thought richie was the father right is there any way richie can disprove that he is not the father uh because like disprove can, that he is not the what proves that he is not the yeah, father? Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant to say. Sorry, words, right? Yeah. Like, can immortals get blood tests? Like, or is that like something shaky? Because we had like deadly medicine. If we want to talk about that, like, oh. where because he was in the hospital, the evil doctor found out like stuff about McLeod that. Like, do you mean can he get a paternity test? Is yeah, exactly. Like, if he gets a blood test or whatever. Are they like? Would that not be good for Richie? Because it's going to blow his cover as an immortal. I mean, I assume he was in, at the doctor like prior to his death. But they don't have like magic healing ability before. Who knows? But like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just of the opinion that insofar as like they have magic healing abilities, it's not viewable on a microscope. Yeah, like probably. it's like his. They see his blood, and they're like, "What is this magic cartoon right. blood?" Yeah. <laughs> like. I assume Although, it's just normal blood. I guess so. Although, no, the evil medicine. doctor, he was extracting stuff from Mac, trying to create something with it. Yeah. So yeah. he thought there was something tangible enough there. Who knows? That, that episode's dog shit. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say we shouldn't be like <laughs> taking inspiration from that episode. I just thought, even just though thought Joey Pants it. is quite the character. Joey True. Pants. Very good. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up as a point of serious contention. I was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, but then Mac gets a flashback. Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, the Lakota Sioux camp. Yep. Eight 1872. The sepia camp. Yeah. The, are they the right, sepia right. people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sepia people. Uh, uh, yeah the, everything is through this very heavy sepia filter, mm -hmm. which I was trying to think back to the gathering. Was that how they shot yes. her death? I, so yeah. there's like, I didn't think that visually this worked that well, but I thought they were trying to go for the symmetry with the... Although the gathering in the episode. gathering, I kind of, yeah. I think I thought it was like, that was light from a fire. That's why everything kind of looked orange. But I think they used a sepia tone or sepia tone. I don't know. How do you guys pronounce it out there? Write us. Um, <laughs> All right. Like, sepia. Sorry. The sepia village. I don't know. Wanna... Yeah. I, I don't know if they were doing the sepia tone on purpose just for a mood thing or they were trying to be like, oh, to make it look like there's 
fire it's dusk we'll put it on there i, I thought know. it was a mood thing i like i think the thing that bothered me about it i liked the fact that they were trying to be consistent i mean that shows oh, like, yeah, yeah. that's just like thought. thought and and intention and all that i just had the intense feeling that there would have been some very interesting like vibrant colors throughout this camp and like yeah. i feel like it being in color would have been more visually interesting mm-hmm. it's Definitely. not like it's not like they were going to like a somewhat boring place it's like you're in a beautiful wilderness scene with like yeah. colors and cultures and things like that that people don't see constantly and it's yeah I think it would have been nice. I agree. Regardless. Well, we do get a title card at some point here, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is nice. So this is becoming consistent. And not only is that helpful to us, like the the viewer of the show, uh, but I think, again, it means the show is taking this direction to be more deliberate. Like by That's the thing. Yeah. By, by putting title cards, they are now locking themselves into some sort of timeline. Right. And so the writers need to be more mindful of that sort of thing uh, when they write. So I think that's a, a positive for the mm-hmm. show. It's just that they now have a path they're on if mcleod's in the washington wilderness in this year that means he can't be in japan like two months before that like yeah. i don't um, think he's in the washington wilderness he's on like the great plains yeah uh so max in a boat with this kid and there's Kahani. like yeah there's there's some adr about like this is how you paddle and this kid never gets it right there's yep. like paddle slower the kid keeps battling yeah, he, yeah. Like, kid <laughs> stop it He's a kid. Uh, there's an interview with the production designer. Uh, I guess this culture didn't really even use boats like that. Uh, so this is like an aluminum canoe that they like added some like stuff to and like glued uh, <laughs> birch bark to to make it look great. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but that's they needed for the scene. So that's what they did. So apparently this kid's father was killed and Mac is shacking up with the mother. Uh, so Little Deer wants to have a bunch of kids. But Mac is like, oh, we're enough. We're he's enough. Like, yeah, this like, is good. It's a kind of smooth deflection on yeah. it. But you can tell he's sad about it. Tell and, us. you know, he does seem to, like, legitimately love this kid Kahani and, yeah. like, you know, wants to teach him. And, like, the kids wants to go hunting bear and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. They're, they're doing a really good job of establishing in these past two episodes, like, personal relationships with each other. Like, interpersonal relationships. Like... I believe that Mac is in a loving relationship. It seems like he spent a lot of time there. Like they really, in this short flashback, paint a very good picture of Mac's life at this time, and it's it's good. I think. And I think that's like the main challenge of this format because there aren't a lot of multi-part episodes. You need to establish these relationships quickly, right. and I think a good shorthand for what's a good episode and what's a bad episode is given two minutes of real estate. How completely can they make you buy into a relationship? Because mm-hmm. you bought in immediately. We just talked about the samurai last week. To him and Hideo Koto's relationship instantly. Okay. I and they see even had an arc in that relationship too, which yeah. is good. And it's with very little real estate. Mm. You know, they get they gave that whole thing like five or six minutes and they get where they're going. Yeah. So I think that's something very much to the credit of the way they shot. Uh, I was also gonna say, like, this scene doesn't play too broad either, because sometimes I feel like this show will put characters in like such an extreme situation <laughs> that it's like really broad. And it's like, well, they're trying to just hit the point home that like they love each other, they're breaking up, like whatever it is. Like they're like, we need to tell you this. And so we're just gonna flat out tell you. Uh, but this plays like I think a little more subtly. Like they're he's talking to the kid, just about rowing and like going on a hunt and like you know what I mean? Like they're not, it's, a, it's a real good show don't tell kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and same thing, even just discussing like having kids with the the wife, and I don't know, the, the, they're very simple gestures that I think represent what the context of their their relationship is. So good stuff. It's also revealed that um, there are what they refer to as blue coats, yeah, in the area, kind of tracking down these Native American tribes and max concerned about it but uh little deer is it mm-hmm. um she is kind of like ah this is we're this is a wide area like they probably won't find us right and it's worth noting that we know that within 10 years of this mac was part of that army 
there's a certain dances with wolves aspect to this thing because we know he was a Union soldier during the Civil War. Right. So that's the that's United. True. That is the United States Army of which he was recently a member. That's interesting. Yeah, this is 1872. Very good. Uh, so then, uh, I guess we're back in the present. Max just kind of looking uncomfortable about this whole baby Richie situation. Uh, yep. But then we cut outside to the most inexplicable scene in this episode and the most inexplicable character in this episode. Yeah. Father Matthew. So Mac and Richie. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who this is, is this character? Who He's got like sunken eyes. He yeah. looks like he's just been on a bender. Ah, <laughs> uh, Paris, the city of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about like all the broads he's been with. Yeah. And, like all the drinks. King. And he's like, oh, that's before I was a priest. Before I was a yeah. priest, of yeah. course. This, Who this the is, fuck is this character? This, I don't know. <laughs> I like the debauched priest. Yeah. <laughs> like This is season one tomfoolery. That's yeah. what we're yeah. with right now. This is nonsense. Also, where are they walking? I like, love it. They look like they're in the suburbs or something. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, what the... This priest knows them. And he's which, like, I'll see you in church, right? Do they go to Catholic church every Sunday? Every Sunday. And at that point, I thought there was a, like, he expected them to go to church. I, I was like, what day is this? We later yeah. find out there's a wedding going on. Yeah. I was like, was he inviting them to the wedding? I'm like, I, uh, clearly not. Yeah. This is actually just wedding crashers, yeah. Highlander edition. <laughs> Richie's like, well, I'm with Donna, but the race is on bridesmaids. I don't know. Yeah. So some more character building. Duncan McLeod may be Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Catholic. Nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts. All right. Oh, 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 I'm I, voicing a little bit of dissent. I was totally on board for whatever the hell this was. I was not. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, are we ever going to see this character again? And the only reason he's in this scene is so he can be in more scenes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Total, like two more scenes. Also, quiz real quick, guys. You know how there's like a, uh, a Euro cut of this mm -hmm. uh, show and an American cut? Quiz, is this fucking pre-scene in the American cut or the extended Euro cut? Both. I'm guessing both. It's in the American cut, where they usually cut out like superfluous garbage. Wow. Like this. So I know. what did they cut for this? Oh, I don't remember. Huh. But yeah, this is in the American version, too. I just thought that was funny. Because this is, as soon as I saw this scene, I was like, this is clearly a Euro Minutes yeah. thing. Wow. Sorry, Kyle. Kyle loved this scene. No, I, I agree. <laughs> it's total nonsense. It's crazy. Glory, but from the minute that animal scene happened, my mindset for this episode had completely changed already. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this episode is like, it's weird because there are all these really serious components and they're just intercut by just like this outrageous stuff. So yeah. I was like primed and ready for this. <laughs> where I was like, okay, debauched priest, tell me more. <laughs> like, well, he comes back, right? Absolutely. He's a recurring character. Oh, yeah. We're going to see him on the credits. I was actually, I, I did have that <laughs> I was like, was there any point where this character was considered to be a new character in the show? I didn't get that impression either. I mean, I did yeah. not get the impression that he was ever going to be. I wonder, just because he seems to play an unnecessarily big part in this yeah. episode. I yeah. was like, are they setting up a new priest character for Mac? Yeah. Well, he's cycling through these priests, man. Yeah. Man. yeah. Uh, Mac and Richie have a little heart to heart. Uh, that was the opening clip at the top of the episode about if this is really what Richie wants. Uh, I think this is kind of interesting. It's like, oh, like maybe Richie knows that this couldn't possibly be true. But as he says, he like, he wants a normal life. The only thing that doesn't kind of ring true to me about this is that like, Richie, you're you're only like twenty. Like, yeah, you haven't had a chance to not have a normal life. Like, you've only been immortal and kind of part of this game for a very small amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but I guess maybe he just knows that his future will never be normal, and so this mm -hmm. is a way to kind of grab that now. 
Maybe that's it. Uh, so then, the buzz. What happens? Kern is on a motorcycle on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. <laughs> his favorite place to ride this bike, yeah. as we will later see. Yeah. He's, he's, always he's already the... ridden it on the sidewalk into a bar. He's yeah. now on a sidewalk. Will we see it later? Probably. <laughs> this is amazing. So yeah. then he like does basically like a cavalry charge on yeah. his motorcycle to go try to like hit Mac on and a ride. Mac gets like super intense right away. Like he's like, this is my fight. And he like yeah. gets amped up. Like yep. he clearly knows this guy and mm-hmm. is out for blood. They do like a weird like jousting thing almost yeah. or something. Yeah. I love the sword play up until the like leading up into the church. Like they go down the sidewalk, yeah. up the stairs. Like that's really cool looking, I think. Yeah. Uh it again feels like frantic and has a lot of energy. It's good stuff. Rules question. Okay. Rules. 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 Where does Holy Ground start and uh-huh. end? That's my question this year. Because they like were willing to fight up the stairs of this thing. Yep. And then yeah. it's awesome. Mac kicks Kern through a stained glass window. Yeah. Disrupting this entire wedding, which is like all for laughs, I guess. Uh-huh. And then like they do stop, not just because of the wedding, but also, I guess, because of the Holy Ground. Right. And Kern's like, right time, wrong place. And yeah. like, well, not before he licks the bride. Yeah, yeah in licks the face. It's a total Kurgan move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also disgusting. And the priest is just like, what's going on here? And he like, gets so mad at Mac. He, man, he's like, Mac, this is not a battleground. It's yeah. like, you're what? not concerned about any of the other things going on right now. All you're yeah. doing is, like, why do you even think Mac would be fighting anybody? Like, yeah. Isn't he, like, a uh, nice member of your congregation? What the, isn't that what he's saying? I guess. This, why are you fighting here? Why Is this a battleground? Why is he fighting like, at all? Like, uh, he, oh, that you're, so why isn't the complaint, why are you fighting, not why are you fighting here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, he's like, you shouldn't be fighting here. You it's should like, be having a goddamn sword fight yeah, in my yeah. church. Like, what are you Does doing, anybody, period? like, Brawling. not notice the swords they both have they, they like, really they, like hide them under their coats but i'm like <laughs> wait a minute like also I, it, it doesn't look like a church from the outside like i thought it was a house no it looks like a like a law office or like a, a therapist office or something yeah, it's it's the law law offices of jesus, jesus christ and the holy <laughs> ghost <laughs> Just, yeah. The father ran it initially, but he stepped yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> He's enjoying oh, retirement. Catholic humor. Very good. I don't do the Eucharist, man. Uh, so let's talk more about this holy ground thing, because we've seen this in Paris on Dar- at Darius's church. Like, clearly, that church has, like, a courtyard. Yeah. And that was, like, no-go. Like, well, you're allowed to throw a knife through, like, the, through gate. the gate. Through the gate. Yeah, but that was at a mortal, a normal yeah. mortal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but people, they would stand, or uh, who, who else was it? Uh, the mime. Uh, oh, Kyler. Kyler. They, they have a whole discussion, like, on the steps of a church. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, that's definitely qualifying as holy ground in that scenario. Uh, right. But here, we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely on this church's property, I'm assuming. Yeah, they're a little fast and loose with the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But... Again, it's kind of just like played for a laugh. Yeah, right. For, and it's funny. I'm like, it is weird. They they push it a little bit. Especially they obviously they him. clearly stop once they get in the church. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to point out Kern, another K name in the tradition of Highlander K named villains, which more will be coming up. <laughs> That's right. Kirk and Katana Kane. <laughs> yeah, Kern, Kyler, Kyler. <laughs> so we're back in the dojo, uh, and Mac is training. Uh, if this was season one, this would be just Mumblefest. Yeah, this yeah. Is, uh, but, but instead, thing. it's actually an, like, an okay kind of scene, I guess. Uh, it's because Mac's doing cool shit and in like full beefcake mode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like definitely sweaty. Level eleven beefcake mode. Level eleven. I can hear middle-aged women everywhere swooning. Yeah. <laughs> and this is another. That's actually just Damon. But... Yeah. Whoo. This is another uh, Charlie going, you need to lay off Richie, man. Right. This moment. is like their favorite conversation. Yeah. But once again, Charlie's being a bro, Max being a douche. Yeah. 
Mac is frequently a douche with Richie. Yeah. The fact that Mac is being like outwardly dismissive of Richie rather than just being like, oh, that's really great. Let's talk about this upstairs. Like, yeah, uh, just not just like continuing to jump rope. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, uh, I literally just thought of this. Do you Ooh. think there's anything that Mac is jealous of Richie? Yeah. In any way? Sure. Maybe that's part of it. Mac wishes he had this sort of life or could. So maybe he's, I don't necessarily think that's what's going on because that's not, ends up being what the I push of the episode it, is. See but it though. Yeah. I feel like you could incorporate Mac is a little resentful. Like, oh, you get to have a family? Like, I've had my family torn from me. Multiple time times. Time ex- again. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting reading of it. Mm. So Richie shows up. He's been pulling some all-nighters, not looking too hot. Yeah. <laughs> Richie and Mac talk. Oh, also, like, this is, like, fl- flustered Mac. Like, he ends up dropping his staff. That, that's great. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, that's, like, such a good moment, because it's like, that says so much more than, like, the things they especially did in season one. I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just have characters say their emotions. Yeah. That makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Richie talk, and Richie's like... Hey man, like I'm I'm surprised to see you. Like didn't know if you'd be like alive. And I was like, "Hold on one second. Richie was literally there." Yeah. During this encounter. Did like, he just turn, run away? Where did he go? Yeah. Did he just yeah. flee? Maybe they maybe slipped out the back or just like didn't meet up with him afterwards? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Why I wouldn't it was Richie, on Mac. Why wouldn't Richie look? Yeah. And if and if also Mac lost this fight, I as Richie as his friend or even just as an immortal wanting to play the game, like go get Kern cuz he's weak now or yeah. Like, I don't uh, understand why Richie wasn't, like, kind of tagging along. This is another zone scenario yes. where, like, Mac just swims away <laughs> right. and leaves Leave Charlie, Charlie to fend for himself. <laughs> uh, so, Richie does not want to leave Jeremy because Richie's like, this is what my dad did to me. Yeah, and I don't want to do this to this kid. Right. Like, they need me. Good sentiment. I also was wondering, does Richie even have a dad? Who knows if they're all foundlings? Yes. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's it's like one of those, like, little Russian dolls. <laughs> and you just, like, open another one and another one. But And you think, like, just maybe. It might be a diamond. Just Kyle, might be a diamond. Kyle, you want, you want to go get a hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> Family tree. Watch it. It's bonkers. Hey, Rewatchers. Uh, March is a very special month because it is the Tri-Podcast Month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for people who haven't heard of it, Tripod is a special promotion that a lot of podcasts are doing, spearheaded by the the good content creators over at NPR, who are really trying to raise awareness of podcasts and get people invested into this really cool, really dynamic medium that, hey, your rewatchers participate in. That's Absolutely. Right. So some people still don't get podcasts and why they're so special to listen or even how to listen. Uh, but you out there can change that just with a click. Uh, right now, think of somebody you care about. Maybe it's a friend, your mom, or maybe it's somebody that's on like a Facebook group, maybe a Highlander Facebook group yeah. uh, that you're part of that you think uh, they'd really love podcasting. Uh, so now all you need to do is hit that share button uh, down at the bottom of your screen, share a Facebook page, maybe share a podcast that you're listening to right now. Maybe you're listening to this podcast. Just go on your your old phone there, click the share button and send it to a friend. Uh, it could be on a Facebook post. It could be in a text message, in an email. There's lots of ways to share stuff. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't know how to access podcasts and, you know, gain entry into this cool world of content, show them how. Give them uh, a quick blow-by-blow on how to get great podcasts. Yeah, because there's a ton of great podcasts out there, not just Highlander-centric ones. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff. And they're yeah. free. This is, you know, the one of the greatest free sources of entertainment you can find anywhere. And so uh, share your love of whatever podcast you're listening to uh, this week on Twitter, Facebook, and just uh, add the hashtag TriPod, which is T-R-Y-Pod. 
And uh, thank you guys for spreading the word about podcasts that you love. And another great way to spread the word is by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, believe it or not, we're not just looking to get like great reviews and feel good about ourselves. Uh, Though we do. We, we do, love it. We are fueled by your praise. Yeah. Yeah. Without it, without it, I'm not sure how I'd get up in the morning. Right. I'm so dependent. Uh, but every review we get, uh, whether you actually type a review or just, you know, click on four stars, five stars, you know, whatever you want to click, five stars. We'd prefer five stars. Yeah. Uh, Every time you do that, uh, it helps our podcast reach other people uh, mm -hmm. because of the kind of algorithms that puts uh, our podcast in people's feed and uh, ends up being recommended. So It literally takes two seconds. Just go into your phone, click on our podcast, hit that review button. Bam. It'll done. be amazing. It's awesome. And then you spread that Highlander love all over the world. That's right. Yeah. So, Keith, other than our podcast, are there any fun podcasts that you've been listening to? Oh, who do I listen to? Let's see. Every week, I can't go without uh, CBB. That's Comedy Bang Bang on the Earwolf Network, which is a very fun comedy improv podcast, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, with Scott Ackerman and amazing guests like Paul F. Tompkins and Jason Manzoukas, the, the hits keep on trucking. Absolutely. That's right. How about you, Eamon? I don't miss any week without listening to Never Not Funny, the Jimmy Pardo podcast, and he is kind of like a pioneer of podcasting in general. Yeah, so he started a... recording in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, how about you? All right, I'm going to go in a different direction, because I was also going to name a comedy podcast, but let's do a hard stop and say I've been listening a lot to the uh, Freakonomics podcast. I try listening to that every week. It's not all just fun and games. You can get hardcore nonfiction content, such yeah. as Freakonomics, which is all about behavioral economics and... You know, interesting projects that involve, you know, psychology, economics, and the cross-section between policy and thought. It's really interesting. I highly recommend it. If you're listening to us just because you like Highlander, like maybe you like Highlander, you found our podcast, you probably have other interests. There are literally podcasts about everything. Right. Like you can find a podcast about something that interests you. Yeah. So you I, like knitting? There's a podcast about knitting. There there's is. probably a bunch yeah, of podcasts There are. About yeah. There's so, pottery podcasts. There's music podcasts on every genre. So yeah. just do so. a search and you're, you're going to find something good, I guarantee you. Yeah. You're so, going to like the way you look. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Uh, also, there's a Men's Warehouse podcast that I listen to <laughs> every week. It's actually just an ad on repeat. Yep, that's right. Uh, so thanks again for spreading the word about podcasts and Highlander Rewatch. Hashtag tripod. Hashtag rewatched. <laughs> Oh, so we get another flashback to mm -hmm. the American wilderness in 1872. And Mac is roasting some meat. Yeah. It uh, looks like he went to, like, the Renaissance Fair and ordered one of those, like, turkey legs, turkey. Yeah. and then they put that over the fire. <laughs> uh, so Mac gets the buzz, yep. and good callback. He's like, Connor? Because uh, we know that Connor's around here. He was wearing that absurd pilgrim outfit-looking yeah. <laughs> thing in the, uh, in the gathering. Right. It's Kern. Kern, Kern who... Basically, is like Jeff Bridges in True Grit. Like he's yeah, he's like almost That's inaudible. Exactly, it's like, like amazing accent. It's pretty great. Rooster Cogburn. Yeah, yeah. he does. Is a this very... one sepia tone too? I think no. So. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. My memory is that it's not. I don't think it is, or it's Which light, is... lightly sepia. <laughs> well, I remember the grass being really green, where it wasn't like in the earlier yeah. scene. So then, it, but... if it was green, it wasn't yeah sepia. Or it could be just misremembering. Yeah. Uh, so I first like, smelled your coffee. Yeah. I've been eating dry grounds and chicory for weeks. What is chicory? Oh, it's a root. And it's like, it's, it actually right? is often mixed with coffee. Yeah. It's like Vietnamese coffee is like really chicory laden. Mm. It's good. It right. gives it like a kind of almost like sweeter kind of character. Yeah. It's tasty. This all seems well and good at first. 
Kern doesn't seem like a too bad of a guy. He's just a yeah. guy that's been out for weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, a, he's the best tracker in the territory. Right. But then we get some clues that he's working for the Bluecoats. Right. Uh-oh. And I guess he's like a scout or something. Yeah. And then he just notices that Mac is dressed as a as a Sioux, I guess. Yeah, and he's um, like, hold on a minute. Like, yeah. you're a squall man. Yeah, he keeps calling him squall man. man. Yeah. Uh, he's so just to find out that he's, he's like a racist. racist. He's, he's like, yeah. imagine yeah. one of us with one of them. And it's like, yeah. fuck you, yeah. fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how you know he's evil. He's racist. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We also get some more chilling news that he found a village like 10 miles away from here and shows Mac scalps he's collected yes. from this village. Yeah, and he's like, one of them. You're, he like, he like turns it on quick like yeah. he yeah. like really starts and he goes from being like i just want some coffee and maybe some of your meats yeah and then just like turns it on right yeah it's uh, really evil and chilling yeah and so the mac throws a spear at him and then it's like tomahawk versus knife dawn of justice i guess and they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like tumbling around the weeds and uh it's pretty good and then mac rides off yeah like uh, mac abandons the fight to go see what check happened the village. the village right uh so later we're at the village uh, this scene actually kind of confused me. So there's dead bodies everywhere, uh, and Who Wants to Live Forever was playing, which I guess is cool. But I was confused because like Mac wasn't like fucking in an alley, so I don't know why they would play that song in this moment. Mm. Cause, yeah, mm. like after seeing Highlander two and seeing him really just like Connor go to the bone bang, to- banging it out <laughs> in an alley to this music, I was like, why are they choosing to like incorporate something that you know? I at least come to understand as, you know, when a man sees <laughs> <laughs> a woman covered in trash juice, trash juice <laughs> needs to love that woman. Yeah. Mm. Uh, why, why is this paired with death? It's a real bummer. It's a real bummer after yeah. that. It's what you've come to understand. <laughs> oh, very good. So anyway, this is a, a pretty great scene uh, and good use of this song and appropriate use of this song. Unlike, yeah. Come for unlike the Highlander 2, which is a <laughs> joke when they play that song. Boo, uh, Highlander 2. That's right. Uh, so yeah, this is this is pretty brutal. Yeah. And all the, all the actually, all this stuff with the uh, the Native Americans looks great the whole time. Like, yeah. anytime they've got, like, a lot of extras, it really helps. And, like, good costumes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so. Yeah, these are, these are quality flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, and then there's, like, this kind of, uh, oh, we didn't discuss this. At some point, he gives Kahani this, like, medicine. He's like, oh, it's this, like, very strong medicine. It'll protect mm-hmm. you. Right. And he takes that back when he finds their bodies and then he changes back into his like white man clothes right yeah and rides off like yeah. there's like this kind of symbolic ending to that yeah and he burns life. little deer's body on like a funeral pyre mm. like this yeah this is the end of this portion of his life and oh and he and he uh says something in like uh some indian language yes uh, mm-hmm. and so who knows what it is i could not find a translation of this yeah uh, it, it but, wasn't on the subtitles and yeah uh but presumably he's making some sort of vow, vow or something uh, yeah. not a e i o or you but some so, sort of other vow so, like sometimes why <laughs> sometimes but i don't think that's what this one was might fall into that i don't know sometimes <laughs> very good so we get back to the present and uh, mac has got this like necklace in his hand uh and he puts it on so he's like returning to his like point of his life which i kind of like him choosing to return to this former life that he used to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we cut uh, to the exterior of Joe's, and this is very exciting. What is this place? Is that a legitimate question? Yeah, because we don't know he's opening a bar, right? Well, they're about we to tell kn- us. We know now. We know yeah. now. So, yeah. yes, Joe's. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, 
Joe's. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> what are we doing right now? I'm sorry. Uh, so Joe Jawson has uh, opened a blues bar uh, yeah. or is in the beginning stages of opening this bar. Mm-hmm. And Mac comes to visit him. And so Joe emerges and he's like, oh, what do you think of this? And Mac, this is, I think, kind of clever. Mac's like, I don't know. It's kind of like a bit out of character. Yeah. And I actually think this is really funny because if you think about it, it kind of is. Like the Joe Dawson that we're used to, like knowing the show, is not the Joe Dawson we really see in season two. I mean, he works in a bookstore. Yeah, he's like, like maybe even owns the bookstore I think, guy. I think Horton yeah. owned the bookstore, but I think yeah. when you they cut that, I think you think he maybe owned it. He's like always kind of wearing a suit jacket. Like mm-hmm. he's very studious. Like I think this is maybe left over from when Michael York was right. maybe going to play that role. Like he was going to be very different than the way Joe ended up playing, which was like a little more like down to earth, like a little blue, more blue collar, which I think is perfect, much, yeah. perfect for this. He, I mean, he nails that portrayal much more cleanly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, this is a, definitely a tonal shift for the character and a good one and i guess for people that might not know the actor who who plays joe i'm blanking on his name somehow jim burns right now, jim burns he's like a musician yeah he's an accomplished yeah. musician who still plays every week in vancouver neat so uh mac is there to ask about kern and what he knows and joe wants nothing to do with this he sees the necklace and he's right. like oh can't know everything about everybody right uh so he eventually kind of fesses up. He's like, he's where, where is he? The East Docks? Yeah. It's always the East Docks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then this kind of felt like the zone, or like at least at, at the beginning. It's like Mac is like wandering around asking mm-hmm. people where this person is. But we cut and we're eventually in this like grimy motel. Yeah. With the fat innkeep. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like giving Mac the runaround. Right. Uh, and this is pretty amazing because he goes full on Bat Mac. Oh yeah! Swear to me. He's like, oh, he's like, I've I've been asking nicely. I've been I've been perfectly charming this whole time. And then he grabs this guy by his like dirty ass beard. Is he like pinching his cheek? What is he doing? I think he's ripping his beard. It looks like he's pinching his cheek, but I think he's like grabbing the side of his beard hair and like pulling on it. He's like, what room is he in? Uh, So eventually, the guy gives him, you know, or leads him upstairs to the uh, the room Kern is in. When they like go through the doorways to like the rooms there's some guy just like sitting, sitting in a chair reading a magazine and like he just, in a stairwell like, yeah that's where that guy's hanging like, out that guy as you do was funny uh so they get up to the the room and mac proceeds to look for kern in the side table drawer he looks yeah. under the blankets <laughs> he looks in the dresser drawer kern isn't in the dresser drawer yeah mac like, looks i don't i don't know what he's i don't know what he's doing he's like he's wrecking the room and, and then yeah. he flips the fuck out yeah yeah well i think it ends up i, I was looking in the script something that got cut and I think that's why they ended up having him like look around. I think he's looking for evidence that Kern hasn't bounced. And something that didn't end up getting shown on the screen is like he eventually sees like Kern's gear in the corner of the room. So he knows that he's going to be coming back. Uh, yeah, because the, the, the innkeep floats like he might have skipped. Right. Like, a lot yeah. of people, people do. do. Yeah. Because it's like a shitty, dirty, drug riddled motel. Yeah. <laughs> On the docks. Uh, the East Docks. The East, the East Docks. docks. They got a great basketball court down there. Yeah. Right. There's no net, though. <laughs> uh, so Mac and leaves, a dojo. Yeah. Uh, Mac leaves him a little f- a feather mm-hmm. uh, to like, kind of let him know he's been there. It's for his cap. It's for Kern's cap. <laughs> yeah. So we're back at Richie's. Donna, I guess, thinks that Richie's apartment is too small for their family mm-hmm. and that they should try to find something bigger for the baby. Then Donna <laughs> finds Richie's sword. Well, first of all, like, what is it just like leaning against a wall? Like... 
Where? I feel like it's got to just be out and about. Yeah. Said, she said it's in the closet. It's like, good job, Richie. Like, I guess and she was rummaging through the closet. I yeah. Guess. Maybe she was putting away clothes. Probably. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but here's I mean, my... Here's, I, know, I know you padlock all your closets. But <laughs> <laughs> have you seen what's in my closets? Uh, the thing that like kind of bugs me about this, it's just the writing. She's like, what is this for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, what is it for? So it's either... If I saw that someone had a sword in their house... I would first assume like, oh, do you collect swords? Do you collect antiques? Is that a family heirloom? Were you in the military? Maybe it's a military sword. Like all these sort of things would be my first (laughs) guess to why someone in 1994 has a fucking sword. She's like, what's it for? That's nuts. Or in another world, maybe she doesn't know what a sword is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she does call it a knife at one point. Which, that's not what it is. Right. So maybe she legitimately does not know what a sword is. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> I, I did not interpret it that literally. Like, what's this for? Like, why do you have this? Uh, this is the... Well, I think that's, that's it. If she just said, why do you have this, would be better she than, does, what's it for? Like, she it, does immediately after that say, guess, why do you have this? Asking it, like, what it's for, it makes it sound like it's used for something. Like, and yeah. again, like, if you have a sword... He in does your... literally use well, it for does. something. It, it so happens that her, her question is strangely apt. But then things kind of, they start arguing and it turns a little ugly. And Richie's mm-hmm. like, how do you know I am the father? Because uh, yeah. she really does not want this thing in the house. And Richie's like, it stays. But then she's like, like Richie is... does not even attempt to have an explanation for this. No. Yeah, he maybe just say, maybe he... have that ready. You, yeah, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, he he could have just said, like, it's an heirloom. Like, And yeah. I can't get rid of it. It's very important to me. Yeah, yeah that's what I would have said, like, right away. Oh, that was passed down. Like, like he goes through the whole explanation. He explains, like, the history of it. But, he like, how did you get it? And he doesn't say, like. Is it stolen? He could have like, just been, like, my best friend, Mac, who owns an antique store gave this to me and, and it's it got means like, a lot yeah yeah That's we've it. been a lot, through a lot together it's very valuable there you go yeah really easy to make up an excuse yeah. also she's like you know what richie you need to grow up and then she storms out and leaves the kid who starts <laughs> crying <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's odd what? this interaction's strange and also richie's stepping up man like richie has got a heart of gold in this episode yeah so we cut back to joe's and richie shows up and joe asks richie for some like bulb recommendations on how to light the yeah. band which i thought was funny but uh richie, richie there... seems like a guy who knows lighting yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> maybe that's actually his skill yeah maybe that's his job also why she like need help from richie her jobless like ex explain <laughs> yeah she's like hey will you be this kid's deadbeat dad <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that question is yes <laughs> not doing anything else yeah i can just be a deadbeat or a deadbeat dad so i guess is that a promotion <laughs> it is a promotion okay uh so uh richie's come to joe to ask him for i guess some guidance or, or i guess some, some just just some straight up advice advice yeah. on like hey you've been around this stuff a lot can immortals have babies and joe's of course like well you should ask mac this stuff like he knows it better than anybody but he's like oh, i don't know it's like hard to talk to your dad essentially about these sort of things that's kind of the vibe that yeah. this is given that's why richie doesn't know how to use condoms uh, <laughs> he doesn't have a dad to talk to you should yeah. talk to mr stubbs yeah <laughs> how to deal with the stubbs uh, yeah licorice right so licorice flavored condoms <laughs> <laughs> so uh joe confirms that like no you yeah. cannot have a baby uh and richie seems kind of like bumped like richie really wanted to this to be true does he now also know that she's lying to him i guess yeah i guess that's part of it there, there's I'm some sort of deceit not sure if she actually knows she's deceiving him or not 
I she think does. At the, at the end they of the reveal episode, at the end, she's like, I just wanted it to be yours. Uh-huh. And right. like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I get the impression that she knows. Because mm-hmm. it definitely could be possible that she thought it was his. And yeah. It turns yeah. out it's not, which is a bummer for everybody. So we cut back to the church, hanging out with Father Matthew again. Uh, he's talking to Donna. I guess Donna knows him too, or I yeah. guess Richie maybe introduced them. But well, they she wants baptism. Yeah, she wants this baby to get baptized, and they want McLeod to be the godfather. And he's like, oh, McLeod, well, we had an altercation with him recently, but other than that, he's great. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Other than him brawling in the middle yeah. of a wedding and causing property damage. Yep. And his friend licked someone. His, well, his friend. <laughs> hey, the guy he kicked through my yeah. window. His... How do you think the rest of that wedding, wedding went after? The... Oh, great. Yeah. They, had a, they had a great time. They all got drunk. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, the bride got into a fight with one of her bridesmaids. Like, that got a little ugly, but I think they're going to pull through. No. Yeah. So... And Kern's, like, snooping around yeah. in the back. And I'm like, the priest doesn't recognize him? Like, oh, that's well, the I think nut he's, job. He sneaks in, I think, behind him. Or maybe yeah. the priest only sees, like, the door closed to the confessional. Yeah. And that's what's going on. So I actually kind of like this scene a lot. Because it's great. It's really funny. So <laughs> it's really funny. It's it's funny. Uh, so the father's like, well, how long since your last confession? And Kern's like, well, what day is it? Tuesday? Let me see. And he's, like, counting his like i don't know like 500 years <laughs> i thought that was pretty good and, and the father thinks it's great oh you're funny guy yeah. yeah and then we get some like terrible stuff like he confesses to rape and murder burning a few Bur- burning Abbeys. an abbey or two yeah <laughs> This scene, to me, feels like it absolutely could go in a Highlander reboot with the Kurgan. Like, this scene, I feel like, could get real dark in a movie. This has, the, I think, the makings of a really powerful, despicable scene. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like, I rape and murder. But, like, I feel like in a rated R movie, this would be, like, horrifying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was the vibe I was getting. I was like, I'm way into this, like, as a way to learn something about the character. But here's just kind of a setup for a joke. I, I don't know. It's pretty horrifying. It's still pretty terrible. Like, horrifying is the wrong word, but, like, you still learn stuff about the character. Yeah, and he, like, busts and then it is, and, a, and then it is a setup for the joke. So then he, like, houses drunken McPriest through the... Right, because he, he just wants to find out where Mac is. That's right. why he's there. So he, like, grabs him through the mesh right. in the booth and then leaves, breaks open, like, the tithing box. Right. With his fist. Yeah. <laughs> Wooden box. Takes the money out, reopens the confessional booth, and says, I forgot stealing. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. <laughs> I forgot stealing! Yeah. <laughs> so we're back at Mac's loft. Richie is talking to Mac, and he's like, she found my sword. And Mac is, like, cleaning his Indian spear in the background. Uh, and at this point, I'm super pumped. I'm like, I cannot yeah. wait for the spear to, like, be put into action. So Mac tells Richie he's got two choices now. He can either tell her everything and make her part of this world, and that's just what it's got to be. Or he's got to, like, send her away. He's got to, like, Harry and the Hendersons her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no matter what, she's gone. It's not but about he, being a father. It's about being immortal. Yeah. It's yeah. Line. But Richie decides that he's going to, like, see this through and, like, wants to be the kid's father and is going to do that. Right. We cut later. Donna is outside walking baby Jeremy. Uh, and she rounds a corner. And who's waiting there on a, sidewalk, on a sidewalk with a motorcycle? Yeah. But Kern, he always is on the sidewalk because he doesn't play by anybody's rules. I guess I don't know. He plays Was by that the his tagline own rules. for like the movie, the movie you're writing about this guy. Yeah, exactly. he doesn't play by anybody's rules. Sidewalk writer. <laughs> so he so attempts Hawaii. to like abduct the baby. Yeah, he's like, I like kids sometimes, and picks it up, and she's just like, my baby. <laughs> well, he is very menacing. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but then there's some like cops that are approaching down the mm-hmm. street, so he's like, uh oh, better not do this. And yeah. she's like hitting her up for information about where McLeod is, and she like pretends she doesn't know. She's like, that's not what you told the priest, right? Yeah. So then she like runs across street and goes into richie's apartment so current yeah. ends up knowing exactly where she lives, lives which is bad yeah, yeah. i'm uh, like maybe walk around the block yeah. or something 
Or just call the police as soon as you get in and yeah. say, like, what the hell was this? Yeah, like, this guy is, like, looming around my <laughs> apartment. Threatening my baby. Yeah. So later, Richie comes home. Richie says to Donna that he wants to be honest about this whole thing. And at first, it's, like, kind of a good fake out because you think he's going to be honest about telling her that he's immortal. But it's a switcheroo, and he's like, I know I'm not the father, uh, but I still want to be the father. Then fake out again, and then he's like, and there's still more. And he still wants to tell her about the immortality. Yeah. Uh, but he gets interrupted because Kern, like, busts through the door, right? Busts up in the house. Or no, he, he, he gets the buzz. The, he right. gets the buzz. He looks out the window, realizes yeah. Kern is there, and he's like, you got to go, like, stat. Yeah. And then Kern busts in. With his saber and a knife, like, yeah. he's, like, ready to go. Unfortunately... Richie gets bested, like, very he quickly. He loses right away. <laughs> right away. Well, I think the big problem with this is, like, the camera is, like, in a weird little corner and doesn't move ever. Yeah. It's, like, it's it kind of just seems like they didn't have enough real estate in this apartment to, like, really choreograph the fight properly so everything's like really tight and it like has to be fast and it's over really fast yeah i mean i'm kind of okay with that because you, you couldn't really have a sword fight in an apartment anyway so it just becomes like this chaotic mess like with yeah. with chairman begins like richie is like <laughs> throwing chairs all over the place uh so he ends up busting through the window what is he man and chairman yeah so what does he do after this when he escapes out the window oh uh, it's very good it's like a warner brothers cartoon he like jumps into a tomato truck that just happens to be passing at the time yeah he like goes through like the fire escape leaps down into the tomato struck and i expected him to go well, i hate manure yeah. or something <laughs> i have a question this just struck me tomato struck you i'm not sure what was in the original draft of this script before tex cobb was cast in this role apparently the writer uh talks about that this role he wrote him with him kind of in mind mm. or just kind of imagining that this biker character because he had just seen him in raising arizona this would be like him i'm kind of curious like how much of this is like legitimately influenced by raising arizona which is a coen brothers warner brothers cartoon like that entire movie has references to like the roadrunner and like mm -hmm. all this like nicholas cage's character is the roadrunner in that movie so i'm curious it's like that what they're really going for in this is that like there's weird cartoony things because the whole time he was thinking about tex cop being a cartoon character from that movie meet meet Meep, meep, indeed. Meep. <laughs> so anyway, he jumps into this tomato truck and then uh, escapes, and he gets back to the dojo. Covered in tomato juice. Right? Yeah. And uh, Donna and What Jeremy was the conversation with that tomato truck driver? Yeah. <laughs> maybe he never knew. Yeah, maybe. Can you uh, pull over here? Also, when Richie shows up at the dojo, it looks like he's covered in blood, and yeah. Mac instantly knows that, it's like, tomatoes. it's tomatoes. Yeah. It's like, I would have been, like, freaking out if someone came in covered in, like, red juices. He's like, oh, you need some oil and vinegar. Red kind of juices. Red juices. Ah, very good. Kyle, we got deals, deals, deals. Yep, for season three, you get 3D percent off <laughs> of our magnets. <laughs> See, I, I like half did that joke last week, but this is the final week that you can get 30% off of our special magnets. That's right. Head on over to our Facebook page, click on the Shop Now button, and you can uh, pick up one of these collectible sets done by resident artist himself, Mr. Amen. What's uh, gracing the, uh, the fronts of these magnets? Gracing these magnets, well, one of which we have Elizabeth Grayson. Oh as Amanda, also uh, Duncan McLeod, Joe Dawson, Mythos, and a uh, historical Scottish Highlands barbarian Duncan. Fun stuff. It's even more fun when you get 30% off. Your, right. your fridge never looked so good for so cheap. Go check it out. This is 
So Mac's ready. Mac's ready to throw down. Right. Mac goes to this rooftop, which it's cut in the, I guess, the final episode. But apparently this is Richie's roof that he's on. Because at first I was like, this is one of those, like, uh, this happened in Prodigal Son. Like, a, f- a few episodes have done this, where it's like, sometime at the end of the episode, the two characters just get together and fight, because yeah. that's what they need to do. We're not really sure how that ends up happening, and that kind of feels like this. It's like, they just meet on a roof and mm. fight. Uh, but in the script, Matt goes back to Richie's apartment, it's all smashed up, and when he's there, he gets the buzz and sees Kern outside, and then gotcha. the fight ensues. So, Mac uh, is really investigating. Worth noting, he takes the spear with him. I love <laughs> the shot of him leaving the dojo with the spear. It's like, <laughs> where are you hiding this thing, <laughs> yeah. man? It's like a huge spear. It's, it's like kind of awesome, but like the way he leaves with it in hand, I like yeah. laughed out loud. It's like, he's just walking down the street. That's like when Amanda good. showed up in full fencing garb. Yeah. And we were like, did she dress from that? outside? From outside? Yeah. Did she sneak in, change in the locker? room and then come back who knows he's got the spear uh so then we get this fight let's talk about it it's a little intense yeah i'm a big fan that they switch up the weaponry in this Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's and it's that mac is the one who's chosen to switch his weapon yeah so he's like fighting with the spear definitely not his strongest suit he this is like a a threatening fight it does not seem like it's going well for mac at first no like he gets like housed through this uh like gate at one point onto like another roof it's a little intense i also like this is a conscious choice on mac to use this weapon and again because of the way this episode was written we know that this weapon symbolizes something like so it's not just like he wants to use it because he feels like he like just feels like it it's like no this represents a point in my life i'm avenging my like wife's death so I'm going to use the weapon from that point in my life. You know, so I think it really ties things together. So Right. And we saw him like kind of training with the staff weapon before right. to like prepare for this. It comes together nicely. So yeah. Matt gets cut. And then yes. this, is, this is amazing. So Matt gets cut like in the chest. Uh, seems like he's down for the count. But then he like summons his spirit animal and he wipes the blood from his chest and he like puts war paint on his face and then lets out like an Indian like battle a, cry. Like, again, like a Looney Tunes level Indian battle cry. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And again, this, this is really And he's like, start speaking of... in Native American, like, yeah. uh, well, I guess yeah. whatever the Sioux language is. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Yeah. Yep. It's bonkers. <laughs> but I was completely on board. Yeah. And then Matt kind of fucking houses this guy. Yeah. yeah. What is Matt's spirit animal, do we think? Charlie. Uh, Charlie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, he just like summons an image of Troy behind him. He's like, you're too hard on Richie, yeah. man. <laughs> Not for breakfast, man. <laughs> it's a three-headed like Cerebus dog, but the three heads are Charlie, Richie, and Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> All his sidekicks. Yep. Yeah. No, like that's like his id, his ego, and his <laughs> super ego. That's yep. a bonus episode right there. Yeah. And he summons it like in Final Fantasy. He like <laughs> swings his spear around and it like those weird orb things come out of nowhere yep. and mm-hmm. in comes the I'm, server I'm dog. lost again guys <laughs> this, this, we like to reach this point at least once in every once in every episode mm-hmm. where i lose track of what you guys are talking about exactly very good so very good mac <laughs> ends up stabbing kern and he cuts his head off with the spear this yeah. is pretty rad it's awesome and then david lynch Gets behind the camera and turns us into like some uh, goddamn Lynchian production. This is the craziest quickening this ever seen. Almost ruins the whole episode for me because <laughs> it it's so completely nuts. Completely insane. I was just like flabbergasted by yeah. this. We'll put this clip on the on Facebook because we can't play it because it's all yeah. visual. But what happens? There's like actually not much lightning. No, but there's just a ghost for a minute. There's just like a weird like like Ghost puffy. Rider. 
Yeah, Ghost Rider in the Sky. <sighs> yeah, or uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah, sorry. Misspoke. No Ghost Rider. It's, uh, it's actually Nick Cage as the Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's like Misty Ghost, and then in the sky are like full-on obi-wan-style ghosts of little deer and kahani mac is like reaching out they like he like interacts with a ghost mac reaches out and they have like little tinglies between their fingers also he's floating off the ground floating like a foot off the ground yeah what is happening it looks like shit (laughs) (laughs) it does it, it does not look good and like when they're done communicating like they just kind of turn around and, like, go behind a building. Yeah, they just, like, walk away. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, also, Mac holds up the, uh, like, this this talisman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he goes, see? <laughs> like, like <laughs> look what I've done for, like, this is nuts. I guess I appreciate the fact that they tried to do something. New or. Different. Yeah. The... Why don't you just tell them you don't believe in ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> So I guess ghosts exist in Highlander? I don't know. I, I guess. guess. And there's yeah. a lot of groaning in this. There's like, a, Mac is just, uh, also like, the whole time. I, this, like, I, this is overthinking it, like, a lot. Everything we're doing is overthinking yeah. every bit of this. But like, where's her, like, are they only appearing as ghosts to Mac? What about Kahani's dad? <laughs> Excuse me. Like, what? did they? Did they? Like, did they reunite together in whatever afterlife <laughs> ghost heaven they're they're doing too? Like, and like, you can't even chalk this up to like the quickening, can you? Like, I mean, it's like yes. If well, no, I was gonna say like, let's say Kern had killed a buddy immortal of Duncan's. Maybe when he gets the quickening, he sees a flash of his old buddy because like. That guy's soul, essentially, quote-unquote, is trapped in Kern's quickening. Like, that's not what's happening uh, here. So, also, I mean, this then posits that, like, no, everybody has souls. Maybe the quickening is tapped into that soul realm in some way and, like, has opened up a port. Like, Matt can now communicate with this weird nether realm. Uh, the, pla- the, yeah. great, the great planes in the sky because of this quickening juice. This is nuts. <laughs> are we just not supposed to be taking this literally? We should we never not. think about this yeah. quickening ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just move on. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, just turn the episode off. We should <laughs> ask that every time, every quickening. Why isn't he seeing a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this person killed so-and-so. Where's the Where's ghost? Where's their ghost? Yeah, that's a good question, because most of his, like, enemies that he fights, there's, like, a dead person from the past. He's, like... Maybe none of them really... You should see a ghost every time. Every time. Keep it consistent. Yeah. We should do a new director's cut of this, where all ghosts are inserted. Yeah. George Lucas (laughs) All ghosts. Yeah. Here's the Hayden Christians. It's always actually just the Hayden Christensen (laughs) ghosts. Every time. Two hated Christensen ghosts. One's the mom and one's the kid. (laughs) See? Uh, So, that's this. That's this. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> this. So, so that happened. So the denouement of this episode is uh, we cut to outside uh, Richie's apartment, and Donna shows up. She's like, oh, my cousin's got this, like, great place downtown. Like, if we fix it up a little bit, you know, he'll let us stay there rent-free. Right? Isn't that great? And then Richie's like, this is never going to work out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At some, before Matt goes to fight Kern, they have this little conversation. He's like, I, he's like he could have beaten me. Like, there's nothing I could have done to stop him. Right. Like, he has this moment where he realizes, like, And he I, says, like, he would have killed he, my family, and the, he would have killed the baby, Donna. Like, and without Mac a, is like, he would have. Like, yeah. that's what he does. Uh, and, like, thus the name of the episode, Line of Fire, of, like, oh. they are in the line of fire. Right, because as uh, long as someone's coming for Richie, they're... They're in danger. Yeah. That's where he turns on... Right. So it's a good idea. thing he didn't tell Donna about this immortality then, because... Yeah. 
this whole thing gave him a change of a change of heart about mm-hmm. this situation that they should not be party to this. Yeah. So uh, Donna so, smacks Richie in the well, face. This is crazy. <laughs> so then Richie is like, but if there's anything you need, money, if you want to even stay here for a while, like whatever you need. I want to be here for you and your kid, but it cannot be like a permanent thing. And then she like slaps him and is like, go to hell. And she's like, what we need is you, Richie. And it's like, hold the phone. <laughs> like, Donna, like you lied to Richie. Like this is straight up not his kid. Mm-hmm. He could just be like, fuck you. He has been such a good sport about this entire thing. Yep. And you like actively deceived him from yeah. the jump. Well, I think the issue is they had just had this conversation. Like, I, I want to so. be... And then, like, he, without explanation, changes his mind. Because she even says, like, why didn't you just tell me that you didn't want to do this? Right. Like, what are you... Why can't he make up an doing? excuse? Like, much like the sword thing, like, why can't he make an excuse here? Richie's, like, not good at thinking on the fly. Doesn't even have to think... <laughs> well, he obviously had, could think of this ahead of time. Like, the yeah. sword thing, maybe he's like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that she might find the sword. Right. right. Whereas this is, like, he went there... For the purpose of like Harry and the Hendersoning her, I'm gonna keep making this reference over yeah, and over again. Good. We should so. put the clip on. <laughs> Get out of here! Go away! <laughs> we uh, hate you. <laughs> That's a good uh, impression. No, it's not. Jo- well, but John, thank you. <laughs> good John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Uh, I was a John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just Luigi. Yeah, Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. So he went there with the intention of scaring her off. Somehow, like he had the time to think about this. Like yeah. he could have come up with a better reason, I yep. guess, that yeah. would have like made this smoother. Mm-hmm. So she goes off. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Max shows up and Richie's like, she hates me. And he's like, too bad. But at least she's alive. Yeah. Which is, I guess a good point. <laughs> yeah. Then this ending. Oh, ah, yes. Yes. This. Go. Tell me more. <laughs> so this is like best friends forever. Let's just go. You know, we're going to walk off. He's like, I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. Like, so they, they go to walk off. They cross the street and crossing next to them, like they pass in the street is oh, a, right. a young Indian looking woman. And Mac like looks totally rubbernecks. He, yeah, he rubbernecks. And like, I don't. He gives like a look, like I, I don't know what this is. Yeah. This is, but it is definitely like it's not the, good. It's, it's the not... last. It's the last shot of the episode. So like, what? What is this? So like, he just sees a Native American. And is like, let me gawk at this woman very yeah. publicly, and it's like, what is what is this happening? Mean? Uh, I don't know what this means. I don't know. It seems racist in some at yeah. some, <laughs> level, some some level. I don't think it's the right word. I don't, I don't like, think it's like right. It's not like overtly racist, but something is is not sitting well with weird me about, about it. Yeah, this like the only reason he's looking at her is because she's Indian, and like, but why? Like, I don't understand why. Like, I don't. Either. What does this mean? Well, he's like, oh, like I just saw a ghost of a dead Native American woman. Maybe I should go back to that well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that this is. It's just Mac checking out. It's just some weird callback to like babe. Native Americanness. That's what this. That's what this feels like to me. It's like remember Native Americans. End of episode. Remember? Very very strange episode. Yep. Or very strange end to the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, strange. Some some ways a strange episode too. But yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tons of fun. Did we learn any lessons this week? You tell me, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a segment called... What, what you, you don't, don't do, 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 do. What you don't do. The lessons we learned from Richie Ryan. Keith, mm-hmm. what you learn from Richie Ryan this episode? Nice guys do not finish last. They, they, they end last with a baby, with bills, with a goddamn nightmare on their hands. You don't have to be the nice guy, Richie. Eamon, what'd you learn? I learned that Richie Raw Dogs. <laughs> oh. say, yeah, my lesson was going to be wrap it before you tap it. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. 
also wrap your like not metaphorical sword in something and hide it when you're like wife and kid are around. Like, yeah. He doesn't have a scabbard. Yeah, he should get one of those. Just like Mac. Yeah. Does Mac have a scabbard yet? I think I don't he's got know. one, but I don't think he uses it. Has it ever been filmed? <laughs> <laughs> the unfilmable scabbard. Yeah, it's always just like clanking around. Are anyway. you saying metaphorically or literally? Both. <laughs> Both. Mac doesn't wear underwear also, so he's <laughs> clanking around. He's always going commando. Yep. Yeah. Lots of weird lessons to learn from Richie Ryan here. In addition to practicing safe sex, he should also, like, have a better escape route that's mm-hmm. not dependent on a tomato truck. Like, yep. what is the point of that fire escape if you need to jump yeah. off, a a roof, <laughs> off a roof <laughs> onto a tomato truck to get away? It's like, you know, maybe the lesson of this episode is really about fire codes. Could all learn something about fire codes. Yeah, yeah be cool about fire safety, guys. Be cool. Have your escape route planned if you're on the second floor and your house is on fire. Ask your mom or dad or any other responsible adult to help you with your safety plan. If you have a cat, get one of those stickers that says, please rescue my cat if the house is on fire. That's what we can all take away from this episode. So, uh, Very educational. <laughs> so we should listen to some behind-the-scenes info about the filming of this. Uh, this is pretty amazing. Uh, so first, let's hear from David Tynan, writer of this episode. The casting of Rattletech's car. As, as the immortal Kern, uh, McLeod's, uh, you know, the villain uh, against McLeod, was a brilliant piece of casting. When I was writing the show, I had actually thought of Randall Tex Cobb, uh, who I had seen in Raising Arizona, uh, playing the biker from hell, and I think that was always in the back of my mind. Uh, so when uh, the casting came through and I realized Randall Tex Cobb was actually going to play Kern, uh, I was in seventh heaven. I thought, this is perfect. Uh, I hadn't asked for it. Nobody would mentioned Randall Tex Cobb, but there he was on screen. Uh, and he made a great uh, kind of crude, um, you know, nasty villain. We knew that he was a world champion kickboxer of, of some kind. Uh, so obviously he was a fairly dangerous character. He actually proved to be the sweetest man uh, you could imagine meeting. Put on his glasses, did his reading, and it was a very nice guy. I think on the first day of shooting, I got a call from set as I was doing rewrites on some of the scenes, little minor polishes that were asked for by uh, the actors, by our cast, that Randall Tex Cobb had been hit by a beer truck and taken away in an ambulance. Yeah, I was there for that. We were shooting in the day in, in New Westminster, and the bar that we were actually shooting in was off just off a major truck route and Randall walks out and he's walking around he had done his his uh, bit with a bike and the whole thing I turn around and there's this thump we were all looking and he gets up out of the road ah ah like that and the guy hops out of the truck and the, the crew rushes over and this was our lead you know our principal actor was was hit by a truck well he claims he wasn't hurt but they still took him to the hospital uh, he just we said, what happened? What happened? Oh, I lost my balance and, and fell out into the road. And he had dented the truck. When they took him to the hospital, unfortunately, he looked like a derelict. And they just let him sit there for hours. before. And he didn't say anything because he was, I guess, just sort of in another place. Came back. Oh, I'm a little sore. He, he was there the next day. We shot around him for the rest of the day. But he was right back at, uh, in front of the camera the following day. He was an amazing guy. And very durable. That's insane. So isn't that insane? Yeah, he gets hit by a goddamn truck. But is that the end of the story? No, it gets crazier. What? Doing the sequence where he comes after me in a different apartment. I end up jumping out the window. We did it in a soundstage and then cut to the outside where it was, you know, 
much more of a drop. And it was all breakaway glass and whatnot in there. And uh, I think I was hurling a chair at him. And I would always aim a little bit off him, just as I would with any other actor. And that's sort of the deal, not to throw the chair at the other actor in the scene. <laughs> and um, he comes in one take. Hey, kid, I'm real Dex Cobb, you know. Just throw the f***ing chair at me. You think you're going to hurt me with a goddamn chair? So I thought, okay, sure, whatever, you know, and I <laughs> heaved the chair at him. He went oh. to block the chair with, the, with his sword hand, and uh. this heavy wooden chair hit him in the wrist, and he went through the rest of the take, and then I ended up going through the window, and the only reason I had that is because I ended up with some cuts on my arm from the window, and uh, he ended up having this massive black and blue, the size of a softball on his hand, from the uh, from the chair, they had to take him to the emergency room. Uh, we wrapped right after this, right after the scene, and then an hour and a half later, he and I are riding up the elevator to the hotel, and he's got this huge bandaged up thing. He's holding his hand like this, and I have these little cuts, I have these like tiny little bandages on my hand. But of course, <laughs> I looked like I nothing had happened to me. So I think he ate those words. Is that crazy? <laughs> what a shoot! And what a champ! Uh, yeah, very durable is definitely yeah. the word for him. You're not going to hurt me with a chair. Yeah. <laughs> I'd eat that chair. Mm, for a dollar. Speaking about dollars and cents, let's try to make sense of this game we're about to play. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That was, that was a hell of a thing you did. Sometimes you just start a sentence and got to find the end. Uh, it's game time, guys. You need a compass to find the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play a little game. Uh, we're going to play uh, three and five. So you're going to have five seconds to name three items in this category. Make sense? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we play this game all the time. Yeah. and so Makes these- sense to us. For the, the scoring for the people at home, if you want to play along, you got to name three examples within five seconds. If you get all three, it's worth four points. If you get one or two, it's worth one or two points. Eamon, you're up first. Okay. This is going to be a Highlander-like IMDb edition of this game. So I'm going to name... Uh, an actor or someone involved in Highlander, and you have to name three movies other than Highlander oh. that they did. Okay. All right. Ready? Yes. Virginia Madsen. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Zero. <laughs> wow. Michael Ironside. Uh, uh, Starship Troopers, Battleship, uh, da, 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 shit. No, I got two. All and right, Eamon, it's your turn. Ready? Russell Mulcahy. Oh, Razorback, uh, shit. Resident Evil Apocalypse? Uh, ooh, yeah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> We're killing this one. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got Razorback. Is it Resident Evil Apocalypse or is it, ext- I don't even know what this movie's called. Oh, I don't know. Either. Let's count it. Yeah. All right. You, you know, so how many points is that? Two? Two. Two. Kyle. Yeah. Greg Wyden. Uh, I have no idea what else he did. Did he do anything else? Huh? I have no idea what else Greg Wyden has been up to. All right. No points on that round. Sorry. I was... Amen. Ooh. Clancy Brown. Uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, fudge Knuckle. Uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah. With Michael Ironside. Yeah. Oh, two yeah. points on that. Mm. And then finally, Kyle. We're, we're sucking at this. Yeah. This is a hard game. This is <laughs> yeah. legitimately this hard. This one game. is hard. Uh, yeah. And these are, these are not easy ones. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Michael Kamen. Uh, Gladiator. No. Shit. Fuck you. Oh, don't make that So, Eamon wins. Eamon wins. Four this to two. This normal. might be your first win, Eamon. Yeah. Congratulations. In, a, in quite some time. What else did Michael Kamen do? 
Uh, let's see. Well, he did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, Should have gotten that one. Uh, he did Mr. Holland's Opus. He did oh. X-Men. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. This is a very hard game. Yeah. yeah. We're going to bone up. Hey, guys. One thing we have not talked about are the Watcher Chronicles for this episode. Uh, so let's let's learn a little bit about Kern. The immortal Kern was born in Solznak, Hungary in 1396. Thirteen ninety six. He's quite old. Yeah, uh, his first death was, death was in fourteen forty one, raiding a small village outside Buda. Uh, his first teacher was Imra Horvath. Who cares? Blah blah blah. His occupation is a biker. Uh, that is not a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess he's just a vagrant <laughs> by yeah. trade. Buckle up for his uh, his Watcher Chronicle. This guy's an animal. I don't mean... <laughs> no, animal's the animal. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't mean like an animal. I mean this guy should be walking on all fours. He's all basic instincts. Eat, drink, burn, pillage. Wait, what? Burn, pillage? Those are basic <laughs> instincts? Uh, for 550 years... He's been drifting from victim to victim, riding wherever the prevailing winds take him. Do you ride where prevailing winds take you? Don't you sail? I mean, come on. Get this. I don't know. Why do the (laughs) winds matter? Which way you're riding? I don't know. Uh, Steal, maim, rape, kill. He's the champ of instant gratification. The, the champ, champ of it? (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. Continue. Uh, And then, uh, so we get, uh, then see, like, take. Kern's an unstoppable force of nature with a reasoning brain the size of a walnut. I pity anyone who gets in his way. Wow. Wow. Yikes. A reasoning brain the size of a walnut? Did you get the impression he was an idiot ever? No. No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's certainly, like, brutish, maybe, but... And he's I mean, definitely an animal. <laughs> but not like he's like not like an animal, animal but yeah. he's an animal. Oh, he this is like some Island of Dr. Moreau stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Four legs bad, two legs good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So uh, to wrap up this episode, uh, it's time to rate this bad boy. So out of five, how many, Kyle, uh, one night stands that really weren't worth it uh, would you give this? I'd actually give this four disappointing one night stands. I loved this episode. Wow. I was like super entertained by it. Uh, mm-hmm. Eamon, how many uh, Native American war cries would you give this? Uh, I'd say three. Three. All right. I, I I'm, I'm actually yeah. writing these numbers down for no reason. I don't know why I'm writing these numbers down. And I would give this out of five Dutch angles shots. I think I'll give this three and a half Ooh. Dutch angle shots. Pretty solid. Uh, it tonally it bounces around quite a bit uh, from being like very serious to very cartoony. And but I think it still like delivers from A to B. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how? Well, guys, next week, it's episode three, The Revolutionary. Uh, so we can't wait to talk about that one. I hope you've enjoyed these two quality episodes. <laughs> Something tells me Kyle does not like that episode very much. <laughs> no. Thank you very much for listening. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. I'm awfully thirsty. Oh, I have a note in here uh, because I was like, where are they again? Like, Seacouver in this scenario looks like sh- shady as well. Uh, if Philly had a zone, what would the zone be in Philly? Any thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I Kensington? Mean, Kensington, I yeah. guess, is the zone. I guess. We That's, should start calling it the zone. Yeah, the <laughs> Go zone. to the zone, man. I live a block away from Kensington, so <laughs> I'll good. check it out. <laughs> I'll do some reconnaissance.
The zone. I'll bring Charlie with me. Good. He We're lived like there. Not deep West Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 